0: welcome to the crown Goes this is Saratova best a special series for these times preparing for Yid nissen here is the question number one a, a statement before the question this is not a simple time in which to be saying sheer because of what feels like an amazing sheer on friday by the time sunday comes around and so much suffering it feels quite inappropriate to say these nice little inspiring things because these are very difficult times so it's not a simple time to speak in and yet we have to be in and out in the struggle and above the struggle all at the same time which is not a simple thing to do so we understand that everybody the whole world not just hidden um, are concerned about which doorknob they touch and the potato chip bag and and wiping it down with disinfectant and washing our hands for 20 seconds. And it's not a Michigas, it's really true, and it can save lives, and that's true. But the question is, why all of this? What is it that we're afraid of, that we're concerned about, that we can't look at the door, can't touch the doorknobs or have to sterilize after the doorknobs? What is it? And it is that we're afraid, God forbid, to breathe in the crown. And afraid to breathe out the crown, the little virus in the shape of the crown. Everybody knows this. So the issue is, you know, what do we do to prevent breathing in or out the crown? Into ourselves, God forbid, and out onto somebody else. And perhaps what we want to think is that it's not an issue of whether we take in the crown or not. It's the issue of which crown we take in. Because at the same time as we're, we need desperately to be careful about this crown, the crown we need to be breathing in is the crown of Mashiach. As the Rebbe says in Tavshin and Beis, in the Parsha of birth, told us, the Rebbe said, from the minute we wake up in the morning, we need to be aware that we're breathing the air of Mashiach, breathing in the crown. We need to be breathing in the crown from the second we wake up, and says the Rebbe, if we do, that will change, that will permeate the entire day, and change our whole lives. That recognition that we are interfacing through our lungs with nothing other than the air of Mashiach changes everything. And then we give it out to the whole world. We infect the entire world with this crown, and so we should. This is the higher level of Avaidah, which we pray will be the um, remedy before the affliction, God forbid that goes higher than the affliction, God forbid. Breathing in the crown on a constant basis. Making our lungs um, impermeable, already occupied. You know, sometimes you'll come to a place where you want to go into a certain, certain place and it says occupied. And you realize if it's occupied, you can't go in until it's unoccupied. Is it possible that if the lungs are occupied already with a different kind of a crown there wouldn't be room for God forbid the other kind of a crown? Is it possible? Because one thing we know that when it comes to the story of Purim we know that Haman, who is our arch enemy in this whole, as I call it, the chess game. This chess game with COVID-19, sitting across the table from COVID 19 which we'll talk about. In this chess game in which a Amalek somehow is trying to challenge the sovereignty of Mashiach himself. Mashiach "Keno of David Malka Mashiach, of David Amalek, Hashem's own Malchus. A Mulek wanting to be the king and wear the crown instead of Hashem and Mashiach wearing the king the crown. That's a chess game. We know who will win. But a mulek certainly has spent many, many decades, many, many centuries acting with tremendous bravado as if he is going to win. As Rebbe Rashab said, the crown, the king of all the unholy forces is a malik. So here he is now trying to claim the crown. Moments, seconds before Mashiach Tidkenu fully puts on the crown. So what happens is that in this chess game, which for us here in New York really uh, became upgraded on Purim. We were all kind of uh, doing what we were doing, reading the news about people in China before Purim and, you know, we thought, oh my, poor people. But not that many people took it seriously or felt that, come on, it's not really gonna. And then everybody went to Purim parties and things changed drastically after Purim. Rahmanuslan, the Gashmias. And the very, 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 very difficult situation we're in now came really since Purim. And probably because Beruchnius, it came from Purim. Because Malek, Haman's great-great-great-great-grandfather, he's the one doing the battle. He's behind this whole thing. So we know one thing, that when Haman tried to decide which day to do his dastardly deed, way back when, before the story of Purim, and we know, of course, that the dice that he threw fell on. He tried every single month, and when the dice fell as a month to do his awful work, when Haman's dice fell on the month of Adar, he was happy. Everybody knows this, because he said, ah, bad month for the Jews. The seventh of Adar is the day that Mesher Benu passed away. He knew that Myshir Banu, Moses, is his opponent. He knew that. He knew who he's fighting. Maishu Gaurish and the first Redeemer, as one piece, one entity with the ultimate redeemer, Mashiach, both wearing the crown. Haman knew this. Amalek knows this. The interesting thing is that Haman, if Haman knew that the seventh of other is the day that Maesher passed away. Why didn't he also know that this is the day that Maesher was born? Okay, a little more publicity. Yeah. But let's say, you know, the, pa- the day of passing, everybody was around and everybody knew, kind of. The day of birth, not everybody knew. But on a spiritual level, we can say that the energy of what happens when a yid is brought into this world and born into this world, especially Moses, especially Maesher Benu, that moment when his essence is revealed, this was a frequency that Haman could not access. He couldn't see it. He couldn't relate to it. It didn't exist in his, in his field of vision. And it doesn't exist in his field of vision. This frequency of the essence of a of a yid, the essence of a person, because after all, at the end of a person's life, what is summed up? What is the most powerful powerful thing? What they accomplished, their deeds, their light their deeds, their 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 activities, their accomplishments. But at the moment of a yid's birth, of a person's birth, what it, what is there? Not his deeds, he didn't do anything yet, he's just a newborn baby. What did he what is there then in the room? What is this light that filled the whole house when Moses, when Myshe was born? He hadn't done anything yet. It was his essence, which is one with the essence of Hashem of God, one with the essence of truth of Tyra, his essence. His essence, which is a place of unlimited energy in which it's the it's, it's piece of Mashiach. It's the crown. That was a frequency that Haman had no access to. It's not, he couldn't see it. No visibility didn't exist for him. Not in his field of vision. So he didn't know, he couldn't relate to, oh, this is the moment of Mashiach Bena's birth. It's outside of his field of reference. So if that's the case, then we can, we can assume also that when we fill ourselves up and we breathe in constantly the crown of Mashiach, which is the essence of Hashem, the essence of truth, the essence of the Geulah, the essence of eternity, the essence of, you name it, of every yid, when we're breathing that in, that's a frequency that a mulek cannot see or relate to. And perhaps those lungs, please God, that are filling themselves constantly with the crown of Mashiach, with the air of Mashiach, become invisible to the other kind of crown which is just a troublemaker and needs to be washed down the drain with soap and water. Is it possible? Because this is the Hira of the Rebbe, 1992. It's not a minor thing. It's not a detail. It's a major revolutionary directive for this generation, for the transition from Gullahs to Gaula, Be breathing constantly the air of Mashiach and be aware of that and watch how it changes your life and changes the generation and changes the world. And just if you look at it practically, experiencing that you're interacting, you're interfacing through your lungs with the air of Mashiach makes you aware that out there, interfacing with you is Opportunity and goodness and love and the other junk, it doesn't feel like it's interfacing with you. It, it's, 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 it's supposed to bounce off. It doesn't go deep inside because occupied. The lungs are occup- occupied. The the bloodstream, the body, the animal soul, the, the neshama, occupied. Green sign. Occupied. No one else can get in. The little sign on the door. Occupied. And breathing in. We're breathing in the air of Mashiach. We're breathing in the crown. Occupied. No more room for the other kind of crown. God forbid. And this is not just a nice protection for the immune system. It's way, way beyond. It seems to be a major directive for this generation, for these times, to get us over the threshold from Galus to Gaula. So more, more details on this in the coming days, please, God. But let's give a bracha to each other, that we should be healthy and safe with eternal life, breathing in nothing but the air of Mashiach, and, and breathing it out onto the world so that we usher in the time when the entire world is filled with the knowledge of Hashem, is breathing in and out the crown of Mashiach with eternal life forever and ever. Find ourselves in the third base of Megzish with Mashiach Tidkena. Thanks so much.